Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 27 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. They Walk Among Us will be appearing at CrimeCon in London on June 11th and 12th, 2022. You can learn from leading criminologists, hear from the families and survivors, Delve deeper into unsolved crimes and meet your favourite true crime podcasters. Limited early bird price tickets are on sale now at crimecon.co.uk and make sure to use the promo code TWAU at checkout to receive not only a special 10% discount, but we will also be including a merch bundle full of exclusive items which you can pick up directly from us during the convention. For more information, visit crimecon.co.uk and don't forget to use the promo code TWAU for 10% off. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's an extremely un- unusual way to, uh, to kill somebody. It's something that you see on television or in fiction. It's, it's a very rare um, cause of, of murder or, or death in, in real life.
temperatures dropped as low as minus 8 degrees Celsius in Coventry on Christmas Eve 2014. Sleet fell hard and fast on the street. Samina Imam's work had taken her between four different retail stores in Southampton, Cardiff, Bristol and Coventry. The 34-year-old regional marketing manager who lived in Cardiff had finished a shift at the Coventry branch of Costco on Torrington Avenue in Tile Hill at around 4pm. Samina was travelling with her lover to visit his brother. On the journey, she spoke with her sister on the phone. Samina made plans for the holidays. She had organised a trip to Essex on Boxing Day. While still communicating with her sister, she asked how the Christmas preparations were going. The siblings were looking forward to getting together with the rest of the family. London-born Samina Imam had been employed by Costco for 12 years, steadily advancing her career from an entry-level position. She was thought of as a hard-working, bubbly, kind woman. When Samina did not arrive in Essex as planned on December 26th, her family became concerned. They tried to contact her numerous times, but there was no response, so they alerted the police and a missing persons case was opened. Samina Rahman was described as medium build and approximately 5 feet 3 inches tall. She had brown hair and brown eyes and was last seen wearing a dark coat. Also missing was Samina's black 1 Series BMW. Detective Superintendent Mark Payne leading the investigation provided an update on the quote, extensive investigation into Samina's disappearance. The officer went on to say, Samina has many friends and colleagues who have been incredibly supportive. We continue to work closely with her family as this investigation progresses. Samina's co-workers and relatives assisted the police to open windows into the missing woman's life. Once the facts began to come together, Samina's movements following the end of her working day became clearer. The police codenamed the investigation Operation Ceramic. Detectives confirmed that Samina, like many other people preparing for the festive period, was planning to spend the first part of her Christmas break with her lover Roger Cooper. Roger was the regional manager of the Coventry Costco store warehouse. Samina had bought a bottle of Bellini and a tub of sweets for a two-night stay at the four-star Malmaison Hotel in Birmingham. After a few nights in the hotel, Samina planned on driving to Essex to spend Boxing Day with her parents and family. At 4pm on December 24th, Samina left work at the Costco store in Coventry minutes after Roger had left. 
they both drove off in their own cars before meeting up close by. Samina, or Sam as she was also referred to, took her luggage out of her BMW and moved it into Roger's Audi. They travelled together, leaving Samina's car on a quiet side road. There were over 51,000 CCTV cameras operated by the police in Britain, and on any given day you could be captured on a camera up to 70 times. Between this evidence, Samina's mobile phone data and number plate recognition cameras, the police were able to track her movements as she journeyed to Leicester to visit Roger Cooper's brother, David. The brothers were close, and Roger had purchased David a Star Wars figurine for Christmas. It was established that Samina had been engaging in a two-year affair with Roger Cooper before her disappearance. Police also found out that Samina was not the only woman Cooper was seeing. Age 41, Cooper lived with his partner Susan Potts but he was involved with both Samina Imam and another woman, Sinead Sweeney, both of whom worked at Costco. Interpersonal relationships between senior members of staff were against company policy, so the pair had kept their romance under wraps for several years. Not only because the company prohibited it, but also because Roger had a long-term live-in partner at home. After keeping a secret for so long, Samina had decided that being the other woman was not enough. She told Roger that if he wanted to continue their relationship, she had to be the only woman in his life. Samina Ramam and Roger Cooper arrived at David Cooper's home on Hewenden Drive in Leicester around 5pm. The evening was dark and cold when the pair entered the property together. At 6.25pm, Roger left and headed back to Coventry. It would subsequently be revealed he was alone. As the investigation progressed... Samina's lover was brought in for questioning. Roger Cooper was interviewed on January 1st, 2015. During his interview, Cooper maintained he had told Samina he would not be leaving his partner and he had no plans to meet her at the Malmaison Hotel. Start with the day you saw it, the last day you saw it. It was around 4pm, but... I haven't got that specific time, so it's around 4pm. Yeah. I was in my office, in the work. I was with three, there were four of us in the room, so there's two other people apart from her. One of them is another regional manager, which is what she has been doing. Yeah. And the other one works for me in the, in the store. Yeah. And I was leaving, so I gave the regional manager a hug because it's Christmas. Uh, yeah, wished her Happy Christmas. And Sam says, where's mine then? So I went over there and gave her a hug. And so I'll talk to you later. And then I left. Okay. And that was at 4pm? 
Roughly, roughly. Around 4 p.m. Yeah. On the, which day was Christmas that? Eve. Christmas Eve. So it was on the 24th of December. And left the site, yeah? And left the car park. And within, within five minutes, I'm sure it's within five minutes, she phoned. Okay, she's phoned you. She's saying that. So I'll see you tonight then. Like, no, I'm not going to be there. She's just trying to persuade me one more time. What happened then? It was a, a two-minute conversation, if that. It was a brief one, and then it was like... How did, she, how did it leave it? How did um, she sound? A little disappointed, but <coughs> I think she still thought I was going to go. So not as angry as or as irked as she probably should have. You say the call lasted about two minutes. Um, and was that the last time you heard from her? No, I got a text message last time I heard her voice. Last time. Well, tell me about the text message here. This is it's a couple of hours later, nearer seven o'clock. I can read it, do you read it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fuming full stop. I'm going to where I am truly cared for. What do you think she meant from by that text message? I assume she'd gone to Birmingham. <coughs> See one of her friends? It was an assumption. I've got no basis for that at all. Because I knew that she would want to eventually be in London to see her family because of her mum. While Roger Cooper initially insisted that he did not stay with Samina, in the face of mounting evidence, he then changed his story. Cooper now claimed they had been together that evening, but as Samina got so frustrated that Cooper would not leave his partner, he said he dropped her off at a Tesco in Coventry, which was the last time he saw her. Roger Cooper's brother David was questioned on January 4th. During David Cooper's first police interview, when asked if he knew Samina Ramam, he claimed to only recognise her via a photograph the police had issued of the missing woman. David Cooper said, I've met twice someone who looked like that, yeah. No, I never knew her name. When asked what he knew about Samina, Cooper claimed she was sleeping with his brother, but David Cooper denied that it was a relationship. When the officer suggested Samina and Roger Cooper were together, Roger's brother David stated, I wouldn't go that far. And when the officer asked why, Cooper continued, because he was in a relationship with his girlfriend. David Cooper was pressed further about the relationship his brother had with Samina and the women in Roger Cooper's life. David Cooper replied, He's not the most loyal person. There might have been a couple that he's talked about. Samina Imam's car was found by police on Overstone Road in Luton on January 4th. The interior of the vehicle was spotless. Using data that showed where the BMW had travelled and the fact that the car had been wiped clean of any forensic evidence, the investigators knew it was no longer a case of finding Samina alive, but now it was a search to find her body. Mm -hmm. 
Roger Cooper was arrested on Wednesday, January 7th, 2015. And considering Samina and Cooper's visit to the home of his brother that same day, Cooper's brother David was also arrested and again questioned. David and Roger Cooper were subsequently charged with the murder of Samina Imam on January 9th and brought before Birmingham Magistrates Court the following morning. David Cooper requested an interview with the police the day after he and Roger were charged with murder. Over the course of four separate interviews, David Cooper made a chilling confession. He admitted to causing Samina's death. When asked about the series of events on Christmas Eve, David Cooper claimed that his brother came over to his home. Minutes after Roger Cooper left, a woman knocked on the door. David said, This lady, I didn't know her name. She died on my sofa. Okay, so um, my brother had been round. Um, I've already made a statement to that effect, and everything in that statement is true, except anything that might implicate myself. So we can go back to that. Um, and then after he went, he'd just literally gone a minute, and the door knocked again, and I thought it was him coming back. So I've opened the door, because normally I wouldn't open the door. I don't like people. And, uh... David Cooper explained that a woman he had recognised as an associate of his brother's came into his home ranting and raving and asking for the whereabouts of his brother, Roger. Cooper stated he wanted to buy his brother time to escape the woman, so he sat her down and offered her a cup of tea, which she refused. In my mind, for my own reasons, I imagined she was looking for him, and I knew that he wanted to go home, and I knew that he didn't know, want her knowing where he lived, so I was like, got to let him get away. This sounds really silly, but I was like, okay. So I got her to sit on the sofa, and um, after a cup of tea, and she wasn't interested, she was moaning, um, I don't recall what she was saying, but she was like, we've made plans... Um, he's supposed to be seeing me, things like this, which I, I'm just be vague about. Um, now, I collect lots of different At this point, Cooper claims to have been overly aware of the thin wall separating his home from the neighbours, and to prevent people next door from hearing the shouting woman in the lounge, Cooper went to the kitchen and doused the tea towel in chloroform. Cooper then returned to the lounge where Samina was sitting, suffocated her with a tea towel and proceeded to sit across her lap, forcing her arms down until she took her last breath and grew still under his weight. And as stupid and naive as it sounds, I did think that it would just buy me some time because I don't know how long they stay unconscious for. And then, um, you know, maybe I'll ring Roger and tell him, maybe, but I don't know, I don't know. She didn't wake up, so then everything just goes 100 miles an hour, and um, I didn't ring Roger. Um, from then on, I'm afraid my priority was self-preservation, yeah, and has been okay. right up until today. Yeah. Up until now. Yeah, which sounds really cold. During his interview, Cooper frequently referred to his brother and all the nice things he had done for him. He said Roger Cooper was, quote, cool. 
Partway through the confession, Cooper also spoke to himself, saying, Shut up, David. So, I was like, right, shit. Um, she didn't wake up. And I, I, I tried, you know what I mean? I felt for Pulse. And I've only seen it on TV and it sounds so stupid, I'm nearly 40 years old. And I was like, uh. Um, so I thought, right, right, no one knows she's here. Right, so that's easy. So, um... I went for a bag. Um, well, her keys were on her bag. She put her bag down, the keys were on her bag, and the keys were there. And I was like, right. Move the car back to Coventry and no one will know. Easy, isn't it? And um, strangely, there's a side point which has been talked about a lot, but um, my brother had hired a car for me. Um, he'd hired a van for me to move house. We'd both moving at the same time. He'd also, after that, he hired a car for the smaller that's it. Yeah. I know this is really cold, me talking about me, but I was, that was just, right, shut up then. So um, then, then he got me a car, but when I dropped it off, I left it um, parked on the residential street near to where Rubber Works, Rubber Works in Costco's. Um, I'm quite security minded, I don't leave, wouldn't leave it in the car park, it's vulnerable. Especially because I left, without, I left, I left the keys on the rear driver's wheel. Um, Ultimately, David Cooper believed that the only reason he did not get away with the crime was due to being tracked by automatic number plate recognition cameras. The rest of my story is about moving the car, which you guys pretty much already know, because I panicked because I couldn't have leave it in Coventry because it was too close to Roger. And I tried moving it down south. I stalled it on the motorway. I got police attention. I can tell you in more details. Like, and it was just a complete nightmare. And I just left it in Luton. And the rest of it. I mean, if it wasn't, if it was ten years ago, I would have got away with it. It's this APN and APNR cameras I didn't know about. And David Cooper claimed to have arranged with someone else to dispose of Samina's body, referring to her remains as it during his interview. Use your words. Um. So I know a guy, everyone knows people, um, he's a bit of an idiot and he's got a van. And um, well, I, I put it in my sleeping bag. Okay, so at my house, there's a sleeping bag cover without a sleeping bag, which is, I mean, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clean the sofa, I didn't do anything to hide anything, I just covered my tracks. And if I get caught, I get caught, if I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna try too hard. So the stuff's still there and they can find it. Um, unless I get away with it, then I would be able to hide it. Well, I don't know. Anyway, and I thought it was really good timing because people would be going to bed early on Christmas. Talking about Christmas um, Eve still. Christmas Eve. Yeah, still I'm Christmas sorry. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm thinking, oh, this is working out. Sounds so stupid. Then, um, then I've gone through the next few days I'm like, so so. Okay. Did we catch that? So somebody came on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas Eve took it away from me. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened next. Um, I think it's buried in Woodland. Um, I've, I, I'm not from Leicester. I don't know Leicester, which is why I've been driving around a lot recently. But um, I think he said something about Swiftland Woods, but I've never heard of Swiftland Woods. I don't know where it is. So I might have just made that up. Swiftland Woods? Swiftland. I don't even know. That's just coming to me today because I wasn't really paying attention. 
a search warrant had been granted for David Cooper's home. A white tent was erected outside his terraced house on Hewenden Road, just off Brooksby Street in Leicester. From this point on, the stories portrayed by both brothers quickly unraveled. The bottle of Bellini that Samina Imam was seen buying on Christmas Eve was found chilling in David's fridge. The tub of sweets she purchased was in his cupboard, and Samina's satnav was found hidden in the loft. Charged with murder, Roger and David Cooper appeared at the Crown Court in Birmingham for a preliminary hearing on Tuesday, January 13th. The pair were remanded in custody with a provisional trial date set for the end of June. Police were collecting evidence, but one thing they desperately wanted was to find Samina Imam's body. Samina's uncle, Javid Ditter, authored a post on Facebook. It was a warning to others that something like this, quote, can happen to anyone's family. Samina's relatives were desperate for answers. A member of the public came forward to police and tipped them off about an allotment that David Cooper had rented. Just before Cooper's arrest, he had given the witness keys to the area. This information prompted detectives to begin excavations on the site. At the allotment used by David Cooper, a sign was found hanging in a storage shed. It read, Office Memo. Don't wind me up. I'm running out of places to hide the bodies. A haunting message with a literal undertone, as then on January 16th, over a week after the arrests of Roger and David Cooper, a body was discovered in a shallow grave. The remains were loosely wrapped in a sleeping bag. When the edge of the material was first discovered, and after experts methodically removed the dirt, they knew it was Semina Imam's body inside. Before official identification could take place, West Midlands police arranged for a post-mortem of the body. On January 17th, the examination resulted in an inconclusive outcome. Detectives were now waiting for toxicology results to come back, which could take up to several weeks. Samina's friends shared their sadness with the media and across social networks. One friend wrote that they felt numb, that it was, quote, just so very sad. She was a beautiful person inside and out, very professional and a very popular lady. On January 21st, it was confirmed that the body found was that of Samina Imam.
In early May 2015, a plea in case management hearing was held at Birmingham Crown Court. Both Roger and David Cooper denied a charge of murder. The prosecution presented evidence of over 6,000 pages of phone records. Judge Patrick Thomas QC heard that the defendants were seeking independent toxicology reports. The judge told the brothers, The concern of this court is to get on with your case. We need to get on with it effectively, and effectively so that you can be tried as soon as possible. For that reason, I have issued directions to make sure things are done as soon as they can be done. You will both remain in custody. I will see you both again, hopefully not on a screen, but in the court in July, so we can make sure there are no outstanding matters. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. 
Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. The trial began in August. Opening for the prosecution, barrister Timothy Spencer QC told the court that David Cooper had purchased chloroform and copper powder online before Samina Imam was killed. The prosecutor detailed the affair between Roger Cooper and Samina. She had given Cooper an ultimatum, urging him to leave his partner Susan Potts. The relationship was also kept a secret due to Costco's employee regulations that precluded relationships between managers and other members of staff. The prosecutor said that the culminating factors of the ultimatum and threat to his job meant that Roger Cooper decided to take a drastic step to get Samina Imam out of his life. Timothy Spencer QC also spoke about the relationship Roger Cooper was having with another member of staff, Sinead Sweeney. The prosecutor told the court how Cooper treated the women he was seeing. Spencer said, We have at Costco, do we not, a tangled web of relationships that created a problem for Roger Cooper. He was trying to juggle three relationships with three different women. It was to reveal to Sinead Sweeney a darker side to his character. On one occasion, he told her, do not cross me. He told her he was a dangerous man if he was backed into a corner. We say that Samina Rahman was doing just that in December. She was backing him into a corner that he did not want to be in. He was right in saying that he was dangerous. He wasn't just dangerous. He was fatal. The prosecutor went on to describe the last time Samina was seen alive. Timothy Spencer QC said that Samina Imam left Costco on Christmas Eve before travelling to Leicester with Roger Cooper to go to Cooper's brother's home. Roger Cooper had a Star Wars-related gift for David, as watching the science fiction films was a pastime they both shared. But the prosecutor said this was not the true reason Roger Cooper went to his brother's house that night. It was just a cover story for something more sinister. The court heard how most murders that transpire from an affair are usually a result of spontaneous events driven by anger and or jealousy, leading to an outburst of emotions ending fatally. However, this crime was different. Investigators uncovered weeks and weeks of planning and undercover communications between the brothers in a plot to kill Samina Imam. And this was not even the first attempt to end her life. It was discovered that David and Roger Cooper had in fact initially planned to kill Samina whilst she was at a Christmas party. Roger Cooper had contacted Samina and told her he had a surprise for her at a hotel and instructed Samina to meet him there. Excited to see what her lover had planned, 
Samina got a taxi to drop her right outside the front door. Upon entering the hotel in the early hours of December 12, she discovered Roger Cooper was not there. He had not booked a room. Whilst this was unravelling inside the hotel, Roger Cooper's brother David was sitting outside in a hire car, communicating with his brother through text messages and referring to Star Wars characters. In one message he wrote, Stay on target, stay on target. You are expected, Vader. David Cooper then sent a message to Roger in broken French, which is loosely translated to, There is no point, no score. The window of opportunity is closed. Instead, Roger Cooper decided to spend the early hours of the morning with Samina. It is unclear why the brothers did not go through with their plans at the Solihull Premier Inn. However, 12 days later, they carried it out, followed by another Star Wars-themed text message that simply read... Death Star Complete. The case against David and Roger Cooper alleged that they conspired to poison Samina Imam to prevent her from exposing an affair. The prosecution argued that the brothers had spent a month hatching the plan. Samina had booked a two-night stay in a Birmingham hotel for Christmas. After leaving Costco on Christmas Eve, she parked her car on a side road. She met Roger Cooper before they travelled to David Cooper's home. It was here that Samina was killed with chloroform. On the second day of the trial, Timothy Spencer QC continued his opening remarks. He alleged that Roger Cooper was covering his tracks, staying as far away as physically possible from the plan he hatched with his brother. It was said that David Cooper had purchased 200 millilitres of chloroform and 50 grams of copper powder through eBay on December 8, 2014. The prosecutor told the court that David Cooper had an extra phone that had only ever been used to communicate with his brother Roger. The Crown also alleged that Roger Cooper began concocting a cover story as soon as he left David's house on Christmas Eve. Timothy Spencer QC said that it was believed Samina was killed between 5pm and 6.30pm on December 24th. At 7pm, a text was sent from Samina's mobile phone, which mentioned that she was upset and was travelling to see someone who cared for her. Spencer remarked that on the face of it, this supported Roger Cooper's story that Samina had left angrily. Speaking about Cooper, the prosecutor told the jury, He is a calculating man. He would need at some point, wouldn't he? an explanation for why they had not gone to Malmaison together, and that is why he needed this text. It must have been him who sent it. You will be satisfied that Samina could not have moved back from Leicester, 
and you are very likely to conclude that she was already dead. The prosecution's case argued that after Samina Amman was killed in David Cooper's home on Christmas Eve, her body was buried in an allotment on Christmas morning. On December 26th, David Cooper drove to pick up Samina's car and abandoned it on a side street in Luton. Three days later, he went back to the car and cleaned away any fingerprints or DNA evidence that could link him to the vehicle. Timothy Spencer QC ended his opening statement by speaking about how David Cooper had nothing to gain by Samina's death, but Roger Cooper's motivation for the killing would rid him of a troublesome spectre that jeopardised his career and jeopardised his relationship with Susan Potts, the woman he regarded as his wife. Witness testimony began on the fourth day of the trial. Mira Chavda, David Cooper's partner, testified that she had been to his home on Christmas Eve, and noticed nothing out of the ordinary. Cooper had told the police that he had put a tea towel soaked in chloroform over Samina Imam's face to shut her up, and that she died on his sofa. However, this was not the story he would be telling in court. Samina's cause of death was linked to the chemical that she had inhaled. A pathologist also found a bizarre range of metals in Samina's blood, including cadmium, manganese, molybdenum, arsenic, tin, antimony and mercury. Professor Robin Braithwaite, a toxicologist, said that it was unlikely that Samina's death was caused by ingesting the chemicals, although it seemed as though she may have swallowed them on multiple occasions. Professor Braithwaite remarked, I don't think I've ever seen a case previously where there was such a diverse range of metallic elements. This supported the prosecution's allegation that Roger and David Cooper had tried to poison Samina before. The expert witness explained in the toxicology report that the cause of death was chloroform toxicity. Forensic pathologist John Slaughter said that chloroform was found on four samples they had taken from Samina's body. They revealed results of 51 to 59 milligrams per litre. Chloroform intoxication can result in levels between 10 to 194 milligrams. When questioned by Defence Counsel for David Cooper... Nadine Radford asked whether chloroform could be made at home. The pathologist answered that it could. It was on January 11th when a member of the public contacted the police to tell them that David Cooper had given her a set of keys to his allotment. The police began to search the area for Samina's body. Remains were found soon after. Dr Frances Hollingbury testified that she had been contacted by the police on January 15th and they had discovered a potential burial site. 
The next day, Samina's body was uncovered in the allotment inside a sleeping bag, with plastic covering her head. Beneath the green plastic bag was a scarf. Dr. Hollingbury carried out a post-mortem the following day at Leicester Royal Infirmary. The doctor testified that Samina had cling film wrapped around her legs. It was evident that Samina had been positioned head down within two hours of her death. She also had a brown towel covering her abdomen. Dr. Hollingbury found a small graze on Samina's forehead, as well as signs of bruising to her right thigh and arm. Significant bruising was also discovered on her upper arms and shoulder. The pathologist stated, Every case is like a jigsaw trying to put together the pieces. In this case, the information I needed to determine the cause of death was in the toxicology. In my opinion, Miss Imam died as a result of the chloroform. The membranes of Samina's nose and mouth were reddened and bleeding, which substantiated the claim that she was killed by poisoning from the chemical. Dr. Hollingbury said that chloroform is an anaesthetic, and if you have too much of it, you could fall into a deep sleep. Then you stop breathing. The defence began their case in the fourth week of the trial. Barrister Mukhtar Hussein told the jury that he was not disputing that Roger Cooper was having an affair with Samina Imam. Hussein informed the court that Cooper told Samina that he was going to his brother's house in Leicester on Christmas Eve. The defence counsel claimed that Samina asked Cooper if she could go with him and when they arrived in Leicester, she was angry. Samina went back to the car where she sat in the back seat. The barrister said, She was shouting at Roger Cooper. She was angry about the lack of trust and respect, and told Roger Cooper that he had crossed the line. She was sobbing, crying, shouting, hysterical. She clearly thought, you may think, that her privacy had been invaded when he had asked his brother to go and spy on her. This comment referenced an admission made by Roger Cooper that he had arranged for Samina to be followed. Cooper disclosed to his lover that someone had been watching her. The prosecution suggested this was connected to the murder plot but Roger Cooper said he revealed this fact to Samina as a light-hearted confession. But the mood at his brother's home turned sour, and Samina wanted to leave. As Samina and Roger Cooper supposedly travelled to Coventry, Samina asked to be let out of the car. That was the last time Cooper saw her, at least according to the defence counsel. Roger Cooper, one of the men charged with Samina Imam's murder, then took the stand. He told the jury that he had been working at Costco since the mid-90s. 
Cooper explained that after finishing work at 4pm on Christmas Eve 2014, he drove to his brother's house with Samina, who he said was in a great mood. Quote, Towards the end of our time there, I thought it was a good idea to say about how I had had the Premier Inn watched on December 11th, thinking she would see the funny side. When I said that, her mood changed. She looked irritated. She clearly didn't want to be there anymore. After the incident, Cooper testified that they left, and Samina refused to sit in the front seat. She apparently did not want to be near Cooper, and he dropped her off near a Tesco store on the M69 motorway. Roger Cooper said that he did not initially tell the police about the stop-off in Leicester because he had never been involved in an investigation before and did not want to harm his relationship with Susan Potts because of something he apparently thought would blow over. The defendant also claimed that he lost all trust and faith in the investigators when they took his mobile phone. During cross-examination by the prosecutor, Roger Cooper denied misleading the police in the early stages of the investigation. Cooper was questioned about a response he gave during his police interview. He had asked the officers why no one had found Samina's car. Cooper testified, At that point, I had been in the room for a number of hours and I had no indication that there was any effort going into looking for her. Roger Cooper was then questioned by his brother's barrister. David Cooper's story had now changed. He alleged at the trial that he had found Samina's body after being asked to transport a car for his brother. David Cooper was now saying he did not kill Samina Imam despite admitting in interviews with the police that he had. Roger Cooper denied the allegation made by his brother's barrister that he poisoned Samina with chloroform, then put her car keys through his brother's letterbox on Christmas Day, demanding that the car be hidden. Roger and David Cooper had argued that they were innocent of murder. Roger Cooper admitted that he was having an affair with Samina Imam and that he had seen her on the night it was alleged that she was killed, but he claimed that he was not involved in a murder. Any inconsistencies or omissions in his story were because he believed the information he could have provided was not significant. This was despite his brother David's initial confession that he killed Samina, before changing his account and claiming that he found her body in her car. On October 20th, 2015, every single juror agreed when they reached a verdict for both defendants. Roger and David Cooper were unanimously found guilty.
During his victim impact statement, Samina's brother Imram Aman spoke about the constant intrusive thoughts that went through his mind as he could not stop dwelling on his sister's final moments. He said, Samina was a mentor, a guide, a counsel during difficult times. I will no longer be able to seek her advice. I am forever reminded of her loss with constant triggers to memories from her life. Worse still with triggers such as road signs for locations which I understand are linked to her death. I worry about the world we live in and the risk that something similar could happen, God forbid. I have questions for those who did this. I fear these questions, these open wounds will never be answered, will never heal. Samina's father, Imam Dim, spoke about how special his daughter was to the family. I could talk for days about Samina and what she meant to us and her sisters, brother, nieces, nephews, family and friends and it breaks our heart that we cannot have her back home where she should be. As a family, we are absolutely devastated at the loss of Samina. Nothing could have ever prepared us for hearing from the police that they believed our daughter had been murdered. We were praying and hoping that Samina was still alive, and holding on to any little tiny bit of hope that we could that the police were wrong. You almost have a feeling that she has died and begin to grieve, but then you go back to holding on to any little shred of hope that she may come back to us alive. It is hard for us to even imagine that an innocent, kind, beautiful girl could be murdered, let alone our daughter. We are still in shock, and we are all missing Samina in so many different ways. Everything in our life and future has been affected, even to the point of worrying about our other children and grandchildren going out and thinking they won't be safe. Detective Chief Inspector Caroline Marsh of West Midlands Police described the murder as the most callous offence she had ever investigated. Quote, Most murders that occur are spontaneous events driven by anger or jealousy. Whereas in this case, what we uncovered was weeks and weeks of planning to kill Samina, numerous attempts on her life and a really unusual cause of death. We very rarely see chloroform homicides. It's been a particularly challenging case and a particularly complex investigation and we are extremely grateful to the jury who have listened to the case and given us the verdict we've had today. The sentencing hearing was held on October 21st, 2015. Setting out the facts of the case, Judge Patrick Thomas QC said that it was clearly a premeditated murder that had been carefully planned. The Cooper brothers purchased chloroform online 
and planned to kill Samina a few weeks earlier. When they did not go through with the plan, Roger Cooper still spent the night with her as if nothing had happened. He then continued to plot with his brother David, who had already dug and prepared a grave at his allotment before killing Samina on December 24th. They had concealed the body and buried it, denying Samina's family the chance to say goodbye as this action accelerated decomposition significantly. These aggravating factors were weighed in as the judge passed his sentence. The use of chloroform was found to be a particularly heinous aspect of the crime, likened to poisoning. The only mitigating factor was that the men seemed to be perceived as previously having good characters. The judge sentenced Roger and David Cooper to 30 years in prison for Samina's murder. He addressed the brothers and said, The use of a poison in a case such as this demonstrates a cold-blooded intention to kill, regardless of the consequences. You work together hand in glove in planning and carrying out the murder of a joyful and bubbly young woman, brutally betrayed by a man she loved and his brother. It was a long-planned deliberate murder of a young woman whose misfortune it was to have fallen in love with you, Roger Cooper. You killed a bright, selfless, ambitious, hard-working and life-loving woman. A daughter, a sister and an aunt, because that fact was inconvenient to you. You, Roger Cooper, took her to Leicester to your brother's house. Exactly what happened there you know and no one else does. But I'm satisfied that hardly had she entered the house that you two tall, strong men held her helpless while one of you administered chloroform, probably in a cloth, to her face. Roger and David Cooper would subsequently argue the length of their sentences, which were reduced to 28 years on appeal. So where are we now? Roger Cooper had a clear motive to kill Samina Imam. The trial exposed that he never planned to leave his partner Susan Potts. Knowing that he never intended to do this meant Cooper knew the risk of Samina possibly exposing their affair. It would lead to not only the likely end of his relationship with Susan Potts, but he would also potentially face losing the job he had held for 25 years as Cooper was having another affair with colleague Sinead Sweeney. While Samina had spent December telling her friends how excited she was for Roger Cooper to be all mine, Cooper had spent that time planning her murder with his brother. Once he and Samina had reached David Cooper's home in Leicester around 5pm, Samina was almost immediately attacked. 
she was overwhelmed by the brothers, who stand six feet five inches and six feet seven inches tall. There was strong technological evidence in the case. Samina's car was recorded as being driven by someone that was not Samina, following its journey from Coventry to Leicester before being abandoned in Luton. Digital forensic officers captured the background stream of data from apps on the suspect's phones. Text messages that had been deleted were crucial pieces of evidence. When Roger Cooper had returned home after driving Samina to her death, he sent a text to himself from her phone as an attempted alibi. The message read, I am fuming. I am going to where I am truly cared for. Cooper followed this by sending another message to Samina's phone on Christmas Day, knowing she was dead. The message simply read, Merry Christmas. for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters for more information on this episode please see the show notes or visit our website theywalkamonguspodcast.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.